Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. Talk Recorded live. Hey, hi, and hello. This is your girl, Renee Hector, speaker, founder, family life skills facilitator of the Institute for Intentional Christian Living, and I am so glad to have you stop by today to hang out with us for our new program, Marriage Matters. Tonight, you're listening to Episode 3. What is Marriage Matters about? It's designed to give people who are thinking about marriage an inside look into whatever they're doing, whether it be dating, courtship, engagement, living like they're married, whatever it is, we are going to give you a look from people who have been there, done that, gone ahead and jumped the broom and have that insight from looking back. They say that insight is 2020. So these people have that insight. They're looking back and they're going to share that with you. Today's episode is going to build up, encourage, teach, enlighten, and affirm folks who are thinking about getting married. We'll be talking to one half of a fun, candid, loving couple that has been together since they were teeny boppers. And um, we're going to talk about things like how does that change their pre-marriage behaviors, their choices, and their journey. So let's talk. Tonight we have with us Kim Parmar. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, Renee. <laughs> thank you thank for having you. me. Yes, thank you so much for being willing to come to share and to love on our listeners by sharing your experiences, your insight, your advice. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yay. Uh, so you have been married for 12, 13 12, years. 13. It'll, it'll, it'll be 13 in, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yes. Happy almost anniversary. <laughs> what else happened in those 13 years? You have some little bundles. Yes, we have uh, twins, a boy and a girl. So they're five absolutely years old. adorable. Five-year-old adorableness. <laughs> <laughs> awesome five. Great. So um, 13 years is a good portion of your life, but as I men- mentioned in your introduction, you guys have been together for like more than half your lives now. Is, am, yeah. I, am I in the ballpark? Yeah, it's it will be almost 23 years. So That's crazy. Yeah, it, it is crazy. Yeah, so, it's a little hard to wrap our um, our minds around because you're so young. And so when you say 23 years, it's just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but being being together as um, as teenagers, do, do you think that's too early to start when we're talking about dating and courtship? Like, where where do you want to start as far as your your relationship with Prashant? Um, I think in terms of just telling the story, I think I, I have to start at teenagehood. I mean, that's where we where we met, but, you know, he, again, like you said, hindsight is twenty twenty. No, looking back, we probably could have just 
been friends a little bit longer, maybe outside, you know, uh, through high school and um, uh, maybe into college, maybe started dating in college. But um, but this is our story, uh, and our story is that we started dating when we were 16, um, and we were always friends through the whole time. I, it just was a lot of, uh, which is why we we started dating. It's just because we were so naturally friends and we, we just got along really well and we were very honest and open with each other. And um, so, yes, if I were going back to tell my own children, yeah, no dating in high school. But, um, <laughs> but uh, that's just what that happened, what happened to us. Okay, so started in high school and then mm-hmm. transitioned into, I mean, that's a that's a lot of a dating, Kim. Like right up through college, you have a professional yeah. degree. Like there was a lot going on in both of you guys' lives. You also you traveled, I think, pretty extensively um, in your mm-hmm. youth. There was there was a lot going on in that period of what ten years of dating. Yes, yes, uh, we. Uh, both graduated from college, um, well, high school first, and then college. And um, I should say we did break up once for maybe like a couple of months, maybe a couple of weeks, I don't remember. Um, But we still ended up talking to each other on the phone every night, so it was a very poor breakup. Um, (laughs) But we uh, then I went on to graduate school, and in another city, and then he started working um, in the D.C. area, and and then after graduate school, I went abroad for a year, and um, and then we came back. Then I came back home, and um, then still worked for a year before we got married. So it was a lot. There was a lot going on. Was that? Um... Was that mostly circumstantial, or was that intentional? Like you, you were, you all had discussed that these are things that we need to do before we get married, or was it like, oh, I'll just keep going, we'll just keep doing this, uh, not so ready to get like, what was it for you? Um, for me, it, it was I want to do these things before I get married. I want to okay. have my degree. I want to have my certification for my profession and um at that time I had been exposed to Spanish and I really wanted to really be immersed in the Spanish language and South American culture and so that's why I said, you know, I really want to go abroad for a year. Um so it was it was um really intentional in terms of I want to have these experiences before I get married. And was that um, a mutual desire was Prashant supportive of it? Was he like, "Oh, I'm gonna miss you. You have to be here." Like, how how was that on on the other side of the um, partnership? Um, he knew me, and he knew that I really wanted to study abroad. And of course, he said he would miss me, and well, but you know, we would keep in contact and keep in touch, and um, for a year. You know, yeah, email and wrote letters and called and we try to schedule calling, you know, on a regular basis. And of course, this was, you know, uh, 
13 years ago, so technology was different, but um, 15 years ago, whatever. But it was different. And mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But we, we, we made it work. And, um, and you know, he knew that um, it was something that was important to me. And, um, but he also knew that he was important to me. So mm-hmm. we just, he was supportive and he, and he allowed me to pursue my dream. Beautiful. When did you know you wanted to marry him? Um, probably when I was in graduate school. Like he was kind of like my boyfriend until, until, um, just boyfriend. It's like, okay, yeah. Until I went to graduate school, um, and which was out of state, mm-hmm. and for me, um, it was like, okay, I I really do miss having this person in my life. I I I wish she were here. I wish she were here mm-hmm. with me in graduate school, so you know I could come home and have him be here. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, it, that was it. It was it was. That, that first time when I was away from home and I, I really missed him. Now, if you ask him, he'd probably say, from high school. <laughs> but but, uh, but for me, it was definitely when we were first apart for a long period so of time. So absence really does make the heart grow fonder. Yeah, I, I, really, I really think so. And, but it was, it was also good because I had these experiences and it was no, there, were, there was no, like, Oh, I'm gonna go away to graduate school or study abroad, and I might meet the one because I kind of felt like, well, my one was already at home, so I didn't. <laughs> I felt like my experiences were, I don't know, different, more freeing, or it was just, it was good. Good. So, like while you were talking, I'm, I'm wondering, like you, you were saying, while you were at school in grad school, you wanted. You wanted to come home and be with him. Did you mean you wanted to come home back to Maryland, or you meant like in your you you were learning that in your daily grind at the end of it you wanted to be with this person? Yes, yeah. I at the end of the day, I wanted to be with him. Um, I think you know it would have been so nice if I you know if I were in graduate school and coming home at the end of that day he were there you know like mm-hmm. like he he ended up being kind of my you know a little bit of my home you know wherever he was mm-hmm. was, was kind mm-hmm. of home so um you know by that point you know we had been together for like 6 years so mm-hmm. um you know it was just you know he was part part of me and part of my you know de-stressing at the end of the day and talking at you know somebody to talk with to really like um bond with and mm-hmm. so when he wasn't there I I really I really missed him and that made me think you know what this is somebody who's just more than just a boyfriend this is mm. somebody who I really want to spend my life with wow was that a scary thought for you in any way, um, I think the closer we got to the actual wedding, it became scarier. At that mm-hmm. moment, no. At that okay. moment, no, it wasn't. It wasn't scary. It kind of felt like, oh, okay, yeah, I think this is right. And um, I mean, I'd had had those thoughts 
a little bit before when I was in undergrad. I had those thoughts like, is he the one? Is this, you know? Um, and I remember writing in, 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 you know, in my journals in the past, you know, asking, you know, asking God in my prayers and um, my prayer journals, like, is this right? Is he the one? Those kinds of things. And so, um, you know, I, it was there was a lot of thinking going on behind it, even before our graduate school. So it's it's not that you were scared of him, but you were scared that you were making this um, this lifetime commitment, and you weren't sure if it was the right person. Um. Yeah. When I was, you know, when I started having those really serious thoughts, I was. You know, it's like, is this the one? Is this the right person? And then as we got closer to the wedding, you know, you have a lot more family interaction. And I thought, you know, am I going to be able to handle all the family stuff, you know, the in-law stuff? Am I going to be able to handle how different I am from them in terms of just, you know, family differences? We are two different people from two different families. How am I going to be able to handle that? And so those kinds of things were scary for me. That um, leads to, yeah. I mean, another really important topic, which is how did you handle um, family? Like you mentioned there was a lot more interaction as you got closer to the um, wedding, but how did mm-hmm. you, how did you, did you date family? Like what, how did you handle family interactions? Were they a part of your relationship, both your side and his side? Yeah, they were. I mean, we would have lunch after church at each other's house frequently um, mm-hmm. while we were dating. So, um, so you know, I, I met his siblings, and I not just his siblings, but his extended family, like people who he considered like cousins. Um, so, you know, we would hang out together. Though that extended family, his friends who were like family to him, and and he would come over to my house, and he knew my cousins um, before, you know, before we even got married. He knew my some of my cousins. And, um, so there was family. There was a lot of family interaction before, during the dating process. Mm-hmm. And um, I think um, I think that was good, um, but it was also new for me, you know. It was mm-hmm. new for him. Like, we've you know, he's kind of, my husband is from a different culture than I am, and so this was kind of new for both of us, being in the environment of somebody of a totally different culture in such an intimate mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, and there's some differences in the way that families go along, and our family structures were different. My family had two parents, and I was an only child, and his family had one parent, and he had siblings, and that was different. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of a lot of adjustment. Yeah, sounds like it. I'm wondering um, with something. I mean, that's really important to deal with the family dynamics, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. interracial, the intercultural um, mm-hmm. merging together. And also, I'm wondering, like, in addition to family, what did you guys talk about before you got married? Like, what do dating, courting? You know, what what do y'all talk about? How do you, you know, 
prepare for this big thing called marriage? Like, how do you spend your time wisely? Right. Um, I think in our because we dated so long in our younger years, it was probably just teenage stuff, um, like class notes and you know people in school and. Um, but even then, like we talked about our family dynamics and we talked about you know, how hard our parents worked and how much we wanted to make them proud. Um, We talked, and as we got older, we talked more about what we, you know, what we wanted our children to be named. And we Mm -hmm. we talked about where we wanted to live and what we wanted to do. And um, in terms of those serious kinds of conversations, I think we talked about everything. Um, We even got, right before, a couple of years before we got married, we got marriage books and we would read them and I would make him read them <laughs> and we would read read them and talk about them sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. different chapters mm-hmm. in the books and we would um, make time to talk about serious things and also make time to talk about silly things, just, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, you would, what you would talk about with a friend, just you know, goofy things, things we watched on TV or um, things that, it's funny experiences that we had at work. And so, and family. So we talked about family issues as well. So it ran the gamut in terms of things that we talked about. Yeah, it sounds like you were very intentional about making sure, even though it was self-directed, that you guys were prepared for marriage. Was that the the I guess the majority of your premarital counseling, or did you all pursue um, professional support? No, we definitely had um, um, premarital counseling professionally, sort of, yeah, professional through our pastor. Our pastor at the time, um, we had a, I don't know, I want to say seven or eight sessions with him, maybe mm-hmm. five or six, I don't know, and um, he gave us. Uh, questionnaires and talked about personalities and communication and those kinds of things. And um, so premarital counseling was definitely part of our preparation. How valuable was what you guys covered in those sessions? Um, I think it gave us food for thought. I think it gave us food for discussion. You, um, I don't think that if you were to truthfully ask me exactly what we talked about, I don't remember all the exact details, but I, there are certain things that stick out in my head, especially the parts about personalities and how, how similar our personalities are in terms of, um, temperament and I should say temperament, um, and uh, so there's certain things that stick out in my mind, but um, I definitely feel like premarital counseling is valuable um, and that everyone should have somebody to talk to about what's going to happen, what's leading up. Um, yeah. So talking about temperament, communication styles, Uh, I mean, of course, you're not going to remember, like, the curriculum, but what would you say should be, like, on the table for people who are um, pursuing premarital counseling? I mean, what do you think was preparatory 
for this whole experience, this journey called, you know, marriage. Like, there really isn't going to be like, oh, you need this and this and this, and you're good to go. But just looking back, what do you think um, would be like two or three important tools that um, would be helpful if they were addressed prior to marriage? Um, things that were addressed or things that I think should have been addressed? <laughs> should be, okay. based on your experience. Um, things that I, I, I sh- think should be addressed are um, conflict. I think there should be lots of discussion about conflict um, and kind of normalizing conflict as opposed to making it um, seem like it's something that's heading toward that, that, that it's like some kind of danger sign mm-hmm. that you're heading towards like the, towards divorce or something if you have too much conflict. Because I think mm-hmm. that's truthfully a myth. I think marriage is all about conflict. And it's all wow. about how, how you manage the conflict. Um, my husband and I are very different people. And, you know, even people who are raised in the same house, the same mother and father, and the same values, the same culture, and, they, and everything are extremely different. And they communicate differently. So how much more different will somebody who's a different culture, different gender, different family, different structure, everything. And so everything about us is going to conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not something that married couples, I think premarital couples, I don't think I would have listened because in my mind, oh, we have so much in common and that's why we're together. And But truthfully... Mm-hmm. I think even then I knew how different we were. But I I wish premarital counseling would say, you are going to have conflict every day of your marriage about something. You just need to manage it in the right way. Um, So I feel like like that's something that should be, it should be highlighted. Conflict should be normalized. It should be accepted as, part, as much a part of marriage as sex and communication and finance. Okay. So those, we, I mean, that's on the list. I think that's like four, right? Sex, communication, finance, and conflict. Those mm-hmm. need to be touched on. Like, open your eyes. This is the real deal. And, right. and these are the things. Okay. Right. No, that was really helpful. Sex, finance, communication, conflict. Make yeah. sure that you integrate it into your um, into your talks, into your mm-hmm. premarital counseling, um, into right. just your intentional study or preparation for marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, that sounds really really great. So mm-hmm. we talked about um, family and how that was a process. Even though you guys were were really young when you first started dating, like it. There's just no easy way to just, oh, you know, we're all perfect. Because like you said, you're unique individuals. So even no matter how much you are alike, you're still very different. different. Mm -hmm. So you're getting used to this other individual. You're getting used to their family. And in your case, not only their family, but their extended family. And then Mm -hmm. their family, which are, you know, Mm friends-like family. There's Mm -hmm. a lot going on. Um, Mm -hmm. Were you overwhelmed before you um, got married? Um, 
I don't know. I, I'm not sure that I was overwhelmed. Um, I, you know, I know I should, I shouldn't say that. I should back up. I should say, I know my personality and reflecting on that probably was overwhelmed. I probably had mm-hmm. moments of being overwhelmed. Um, but, um, at that point, I was just ready to be married. They, they came to the point where I was just like, okay, we've been together for 10 years. We just need to get married. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this needs to happen. And so, um, you know, I think that, again, that relationships are, whether it's family relationships or husband-wife relationships, I feel like it's a process. It's a grow, It's like a plant. It's constantly growing and changing. And so even to this day, relationships with his family and my family, especially now that we have kids and my in-laws have kids, it's always a constant growing, changing, developing relationship. And, um, you know, you just have to approach it with um, boundaries, I think is a great thing. And then um, understanding that you know, respect, you know, I respect his family and he respects mine and we respect the roles that our family members play in our children's lives. And mm-hmm. and we uh, we encourage our children to respect their family members and to love them and to connect with them. So it's a constant changing, you know, organism, family relationships. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Was... um. Divorce a word in um, either of your vocabulary or an experience in either of your families before you got married? Um, it wasn't a word that we um, that we said that we would ever talk about. Um, for you know, my parents um, will be married. Four, am I saying this correct? Their anniversary is coming up, and it will be 45 years of marriage wow. this coming August. Oh, wow. And um, my husband, yeah, it, it, it's pretty awesome. Um, and my parents are completely different people. <laughs> so it is, you know, for me, you know, growing up and seeing them work it out, I'm, you know, my thought is, yeah, I can work it out. Yeah, you know, so it's sort of like I have an example of two very different people making it work. And for my husband, his mother passed away when he was young. But um, you know, I have every reason to. But before they passed away, they had also been married for many years, and they had three children. And uh-huh. um, so. We had, I mean, I have had aunts and uncles and who have experienced divorce, but in terms of our personal experiences, it wasn't something that we had experienced. Uh-huh. So we, um, it, it wasn't something that we have ever entertained. Um, it just wasn't part of our our life. Tell me about the company that you guys um, kept together and individually. Was there like a mentor um, couple? And in addition to that, um, how did you guys handle um, platonic and other friendships and relationships? 
Um, unfortunately, we didn't have a mentor couple per se. Um, I think we should have. It probably would have been helpful other to have like another couple that was older than us to kind of mm-hmm. like walk us through. Um, we there there are couples, for example, in my church that I admired from a distance. Those kinds of things, but I never approached them and said, you know, hey, we would like you to mentor us. Um, and I think that would have been good, um, especially mm-hmm. in the Do first couple years. Do you think good years. for before marriage or good after marriage? Both. Both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they. It's just it's good, just good to have somebody to to be real with and to vent with and to say, you know, is this is this what am I about to get into? And then after marriage, what have I gotten myself into? Kind of thing. <laughs> and um, so I, I think I, I think mentor um, finding a mentor uh, couple is is really good. So it's funny because after we got married, several years after we got married, a couple came up to us and asked us to mentor wow. them. And yeah. I thought, wow, that's great. And truthfully, they we have mentored each other. Truthfully. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of platonic relationships, um, I I have to say that um, it's so funny because we had been together so long that everybody who we knew knew us as a couple. <laughs> so, like, even, hmm. like, my yeah, friends, like, my friend, you know, we, again, started dating at 16. Like, our mm-hmm. friends all knew, like, even guy friends I met, like, either through Brashans or they they were friends with Brashans and they knew mm-hmm. about it. It, it, So I, I don't think that we really had too many issues with that. I think the only issue we ever had was when I was in Argentina. I went, again, studying abroad, and I made friends there. Who mm-hmm. didn't know him? Who didn't know right. him? And but I always talked about him. I always, always talked about him. So they, you know, even when, uh, you know, I I would mention him or I would talk to him about them. Um, I feel like maybe he might have felt a little, a little kind of threatened, maybe because he didn't know these other people. But um, mm-hmm. but. I, you know, again, I I left there and I came back to <laughs> came back mm-hmm, to him mm-hmm. <laughs> to him and um, and those friends I keep in contact once every six months once you know nothing that would interfere in our relationship nothing that I think he would even begin to feel threatened by or or you know um, or or would say oh no you shouldn't he's actually the one who will say to me he'll he'll say my husband will say oh so and so is trying to friend you on Facebook or so and so is trying to send you a message on Facebook and they sent me a message to try to get to you <laughs> um, so um, I, you know that so that that was an interest that's been kind of almost a non issue really for us. So you mentioned that the way that you guys were intentional about making that a non-issue, even though, you know, it was Mm -hmm. great that you guys were together so long and people kind of knew you as one entity, but Mm -hmm. one of the ways that you were intentional about 
having those boundaries drawn was by talking about Prashant and mm-hmm. making sure people knew that there was somebody in this space, in this seat, mm-hmm. <laughs> that it belonged mm-hmm. to someone that was taken. Um, mm-hmm. Was there any other ways that you can recommend that people uh, that people just draw those boundaries, that draw those lines, that, you know, say here and no further. Like, this is how mm-hmm. I'm going to protect my relationship and not be weird about it. And and you know mm-hmm. what? Actually, being weird might be inevitable in some cases because some people are very forward and obnoxious. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've had an experience you want to share or another um, another suggestion for how to how to how to how to protect your relationship. Um, I feel like um, there are there are always people who who want to um, kind of test the limits of to see how serious you are about your relationship. Uh-huh. Um, and um, I think, I mean, I had an experience of somebody who I do, knew that I was married and knew that it did not know my husband and, you know, uh, we met on a mission conference, I think it was, and uh-huh. he he emailed me testing those boundaries. Uh-huh. And um, I had to, I quickly referred him to focus on the family's marriage. <laughs> I knew that he was married. And, um, mm-hmm. and, poor, very poor. And I needed to quickly you know, redirect him to some family, you know, help himself. Now, this was a person who was not a friend of mine, so this is a little different. But he, this is somebody, again, just somebody testing the boundaries. And I think that you, with a friend, this might be harder to do. I, this was a person who was virtually a stranger. So it was easy for me to say, hey, um, I'm going to need you not to uh, email me ever again. And, ever again, uh, right? Ever. <laughs> right, ever again. And I felt I didn't feel any remorse about that. Now, if this mm-hmm. were a friend, if this were a friend, I might have been shocked about the advance. I might have been, it, it might have affected me a little bit more to have to tell a friend, "Hey, you overstepped your bounds there." And, um, but um, I think. Either way, you do have to respond quickly by saying, you know, I don't feel comfortable with this conversation or um, or just, you know, I my thing is I my husband is always good about dropping immediately when he starts work or when he goes somewhere. He has a picture of me up on his desk <laughs> and he says the first thing he does in the first like two minutes is, so my wife. Uh, you know, just <laughs> let it be known that I'm married and that I talk about her and that she's an important part of my life. And so, you know, we've kind of talked about that, about the importance of letting people know right up front that I am married and that relationship's important to me and um, everything else gets pushed to the wayside. Um, so I know I took a different kind of turn there from friendship, but but you, you guys decided to act like you're married. Yeah. Mhm. And tell people 
up front. And tell people. Let people know. And even if it's mm-hmm. not, you know, while you're married, it's while you're in um, – while you were in a very serious relationship, were there any safeguards that you needed to take while you were um, dating? So, for example, um, not telling your um, family members when you guys were arguing is a safeguard, or um, not telling um, friends of the opposite sex, um, you know, about challenges. Or were there any safeguards that you guys had to take earlier while you we were dating, or in early yeah. marriage? While you were dating. While you were dating. Um, I can't think of, I can't think of any safeguards off, um, I, I think, I don't know if I did it intentionally. It was just kind of something that we, um, maybe just did. We didn't really talk a lot with our parents about our relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, we just, we might've talked with friends. Our friends knew more probably, and obviously our parents knew Eventually, we call some the same person calling the house all the time, but um, but we never really talked about hey, this is my boyfriend, and uh, mm-hmm. until later into our relationship, you know. Well, and that just, also might tie in with cultural differences. You know, exactly. parents are old school and yes. <laughs> from another exactly. culture. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So we didn't. We you know so I didn't really intentionally like not talk about it if we were you know, fighting, it just, I just didn't talk about it at all. So. Did religion play um, any role or an important role um, in you guys' relationship prior to marriage? Um, it did. Um, I think we were both uh, very serious about marrying somebody who was a Christian um, and for me specifically, if I wanted to marry somebody who was from my same denomination, mm-hmm. um, and so I think that was, uh, and for his family as well, um, his father was very uh, influential to him in saying he wanted him to marry a Christian young person. And so religion did pay, play a part. It definitely played a part. Hello? Oh, I'm so sorry. I hit the mute button. Can you tell me a little bit about how um, you and or Prashant changed um, as you transitioned into marriage? Like the... The dating Kim or the dating Prashant, how is that person different from the married Kim or the married Prashant? Um, I think um, I think there definitely were more the younger the younger us was a lot more I think creative. We had a lot lot less money, so we had to be um more creative in terms of our uh expression of love so you know we did things like mixtapes and stuff when we were younger for each other whoa you're taking it back i know recording i'm recording things from the radio and love songs and so on and so forth and um i think the older more mature us does things differently to kind of express our appreciation for each other and um 
Um, so, I mean, that's changed, and we, we, so we have a little bit more money. So now it might be taking us out to dinner or something as opposed to making a mixtape. So, um, but, you know, I think, I think there's so many parts of us that have changed that it's, it's, it's almost hard to remember what I, what I, what Prashant used to be like, because we've just been together for so long. It's been such a long time. And I think every aspect of our relationship has changed in terms of our communication. Um, so we still run into the same habits because we're, you know, in some ways we're the same people. Um, but our responsibilities have changed. Our our the responsibilities in the household has have changed. And um, when you say your responsibilities in the household have changed, do you mean that your mindset about um, how you guys handle household um, chores, duties, responsibilities has changed, or what, what exactly do you mean? I mean our actual, like, responsibilities. Like, so I think when we first got married, um, I took it upon myself to do a lot of things, and now I'm more open to saying, and he is obviously more open to doing, um, I'm op- more open to saying, hey, I need help with X, Y, and Z, and he's very much more receptive, I think. And I think he was always receptive. It just wasn't something that he was expected to do growing up. And now, you know, I'm asking him to do it. And before, he would say, yeah, but he wouldn't know how to do it. Now he says, yeah, and yeah, I just need, you know, I just need to do it. So, I mean, I think he's changing his ability to to kind of help me with household chores. Wow. Well, that leads into um, my last question, which is, there's an old saying, it says, start how you want to finish. How um, how has that played out in your marriage as far as things that you may have done when you guys were dating that um, you have um, tried your best to make sure that you still do into marriage or maybe things that um, you were doing or not doing in dating and you're and you you're you're trying to you know do something different in marriage does that make sense mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it does um i definitely don't think that we were intentional about either one <laughs> about starting something <laughs> in uh, dating and marriage or not doing something and and um or doing it in marriage i think i think it's a great for those people who are thinking about getting married it's something to think about, you know, for example, continuing to have a date night in date, you know, when you're dating and continuing that into marriage, like that's, that's a, a great you example. Know, that, that's a wonderful thing to continue. Um, uh, counseling is a wonderful thing to continue, not just pre, but going straight, you know, having an appointment continually throughout marriage. Like that's another Tell me thing. a little bit about how that mm-hmm. would look, because that might sound crazy to some people. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to yeah. have ongoing counseling. But do you mean like a check-in, or do you mean like around holidays, or is like how how does that look? Ongoing counseling, you know, like like doctor checkups. Yes, I I do. I exactly like doctor checkups. I feel like um, you know my personal feeling is we maintain everything in our lives. We we go to the doctor. We have a mechanic. You know, we have a dentist. You know, you maintain. You might have you have to you know clean your house. You have to check in. 
you know, there has there's an appointment for everything in your life, um, except for your marriage and your relationships. Um, and I feel like having you're breaking up just a little bit. Say that last part okay. again. Okay. Sorry. I feel like having um, a standing appointment with a professional who can help you, you know, just kind of hash out how are you doing? How is your communication? How are you managing conflicts? How are you, you know, melding your finances? How is that? You, you know, just have a third party to ask some very serious and pointed questions and give you some um, unbiased feedback. Um, so let's, I mean, I'm I'm assuming that, you know, some husbands might be, or not just, it's not a, a gender thing. One yeah. party might be like, what, what's wrong? Like, why? why? So mm-hmm. how does that look? Is that like something that you agree on when you get married, before you get married? And then you say, okay, um, you know, once a year, we're going to do a, a little six-week check-in or a three-week check-in. Mm-hmm. Like, how does that look? How does that conversation go? Um. I, well, I, I can say how it went for us. I just, you know, I just said, hey, I think it would be good if we saw a counselor. And um, and he kind of was like, huh, at first. <laughs> he was like, huh, what, you know, your mind immediately goes, is something wrong? Why do you want to do that? And, and, I, and I think um, if for us it was uh, just, a, you know, a, a time in our marriage where I felt like, you know what, I, I think it would be good if we just had a third person, a third party. Um, and in, from, if looking back, if I could talk to myself as a younger self, I would have said that appointment, that last appointment with the pastor, I would have said, hey, is it okay if we come and talk to you again in six months? Can we put it on our calendar six months after the wedding? And awesome. just talk That's with so you. proactive. As opposed to like waiting until the marriage and then bringing it up, and then it seems like there's something wrong, or that you're angry, or or that there's trouble coming. Um, you know, premarital counseling is great, but I think postmarital counseling is equally or better is even better. It's even more um, important and more effective because now you're in the trenches and now you're trying to, you know, make it work before you're not in the trenches and you're still kind of like in fantasy la-la land. But right. afterward, afterward, you're actually like, oh, okay, this is, this is the real deal. And so I feel like I wish we could somehow, again, normalize counseling and make it not something that's negative, but make it something that's positive and make it as some, something as normal as a doctor's appointment, as something as normal as a checkup, as your annual doctor's, or your every six months you go to the dentist kind of thing, and um, and just help stimulate any issues and help get feedback or help. And um, that's if I could look back on something I would do differently, that's mm-hmm. what I would have done differently. Is just at that last appointment, pre-marital appointment, just make the sketch, schedule the next one, and at that one, schedule the next one, and that <laughs> right. going. Right. Wow. That, I think, is a really excellent piece of advice to 
um, end on because it's talking about investing in the future of this relationship. Like, how is it going to be sustained? How is it going to be cared mm-hmm. for? How is it going to mm-hmm. be attended to? And you're giving a really quality piece of advice mm-hmm. right there. Kim, thank you so much for sharing um, what your experiences were like and your insight, and most importantly, your advice for, I guess, the, the next generation of people who are thinking about um, jumping the broom, um, diving into this ongoing journey. It's not just an event. It, it's the rest of your life with mm-hmm. another person and their families. Um, we do hope God's greatest blessings for you as you guys continue to grow and just um, embrace life in each other. And again, thank you so much for your contribution to the Marriage Matters program. We were so happy to have you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. So again, um, this is our third episode of Marriage Matters. You want to stay tuned for our next. It'll be delicious, just like this one was. Have a fantastic day, night, afternoon, and until the next, take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.